Hey, good morning. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Andy Littleton. I'm here with my buddy Eric Seepin. We're in the loft at XO Coffee, which is the best coffee shop in Tucson. Hopefully the owner heard that. I don't know. She didn't. But it's so good, and well, we love it. And best open... I don't know what this is. Like, is it like a, It's not open leaf tea, because it's... I, I'm going to buy... Loose leaf. Loose leaf, thank yep. you. This, I'm going to buy one of these. These are amazing, these little tea things. And this is some of the best tea I've had in my life. Eric just and had some lying. of the best tea he had in his and life. I've had to convert lying. to tea, so... Man. So, well, the tea's good. Tea We're here. We had, a, we had a fun conversation. We talked about such things as youth group, worship, our buildings, um, talking to pastors in public. Our doctor. Um, our doctor. Yeah, that's my and favorite part of the conversation. belly touching. And belly touching. So, enjoy. <laughs> uh. Good morning. This is actually episode 38, 38 of Faith Over Breakfast. <laughs> uh, and we're at the top of EXO uh, in a cluttered table waiting for Andy, who's... Oh, here comes his breakfast. No, that's not his breakfast. That's just the owner. <laughs> no breakfast for him just yet. Anyway, I'm with Andy Littleton, pastor of... Mission Church, and I'm Eric Seepin, pastor of the village, and we're talking at each other over a mic. Yeah, which is supposed to be natural. And, and totally to, natural. But yeah, it's not a But you have to do an introduction. I never introduce, I don't say, hey, Andy, I'm here today. I'm pastor of such and such. Now and, I'm walking uh, away to get Now you're walking sandwich. away, and I'll just talk on the mic while he walks away. Oh, here comes the train. There's the train. And it's a good thing Brian showed up while I was uh, grabbing yeah. my sandwich. And it's good to see you, Brian. Good to see you, Brian. Thanks. Bye, Brian. That actually, it was a great introduction. This has been a terrible introduction because um, we're at a minute already. And if I'm listening to this podcast, I'm I'm done. I'm tuning out. Well, you say I'm not interesting on the mic. You just keep trying to put it close to me, but I talk louder than you do. Do you? It yes. It doesn't seem like it in person, but I guess yes. on the recording it actually turns out that way. Yeah, you are a more soft-spoken person. But I have a uh, kind of a more slurry type of speaking in the lower register, so if I don't enunciate, people look at me like, what? What? What did you say? And they figure you're drinking because you have slurred speech. Yes. And you are drinking. I am what are drinking. you drinking? You're drinking I'm drinking tea. tea because I'm on this extremely restricted diet due to my uh, severe acid reflux, which is probably due to some stress and who knows what else in my mm-hmm. life. Um, which I think both of us share together, and that's why we hang out. <laughs> we share stress. Seems we do. You have acid. Re- I've had some acid reflux, which um, you know. I remember seeing those commercials when I was a kid, <laughs> and now I'm like, hmm, maybe I should uh, look into some of those. Oh meds. goodness, yeah, um, yeah. I'm missing a patch of hair. That's a bit of a mystery. At the yeah. moment. So that's a little bit. And we have the same doctor. We do. We have Doctor Maxwell. Maxwell, and I, I've been like. Should I? I had some really bad acid reflux over the last few weeks, and I thought, like, do I need to just hardcore like restrict my diet? I'm almost completely off coffee now. Really? So I drink decaf coffee. I have one small espresso in the morning, and that's it. 
Um, huh. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of debating, do I need to call in now or should I let this like this restricted diet go for a couple of weeks and see if I can calm everything down? And I mean, I've been dealing with it with him and it was getting better and then I, I had this horrible flare-up. And So anyway, I, I, I'm... I used to not like doctors. I love Dr. Maxwell, but I still mm-hmm. don't like going. It's an <laughs> appointment. They, the man is too familiar with my belly. Like, mm. you know, I have to lay down. He He's pushes on it. it around he says, on it. Do, you feel, do you feel anything here? Do you feel anything there? Like, I don't know. Like, that's just not the relationship I want. Let's get real personal for a second. <laughs> do you, uh, I don't even like when my wife touches my belly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, here's the thing is that when you go to the doctor and there, there are places where you've got to, you know, the doctor's got to touch and see intimate mm-hmm. parts of you. And then he happens to be a follower of Jesus and you go and you show up at a church event and there you are standing next to one of the few men who've touched your, you know, lots of parts of your body gently. You know, gently. <laughs> and you're like, this is not right. This, no, this is <laughs> I can't worship Jesus with you. <laughs> I can't stand You need to leave. <laughs> No, he's he's a great. Doctor. I love Doctor Maxwell. Yeah, shout out for him. He's not probably seeing new patients, so he doesn't need so, us to shout out for <laughs> yeah. him. But no, I think you're right. He's, he's a busy not. man. But anyway, anyway, you were late last week. I was late this week. Um, my dog barfed on the carpet like right when I'm leaving. Thanks a lot, dog. Thanks, dog. Man, and so and I've got two dogs. Those those people that know me, and I have um. I love-hate relationship with the two dogs. I love one. You hate the other. I don't hate the other. I just, it kind of bugs me sometimes. And it was he who threw up. Yeah. So that's Chandler. And he's he's the sweetest dog ever. It really is. Did you name him after Matt Chandler? No. Okay. I named checking. him after the town where we picked him up from the rescue. Oh, that's 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 Chandler, creative. Arizona. That's yeah. creative. So he's a little rescue dog. Actually, he's the sweetest thing. He's so excited to see you. And that's what bothers me i'm like go away like he's always licking me always like <laughs> and i'm just like i want some space so today he comes in he's all jazzed and he's just like barfs on the carpet right before i was leaving perfect nice perfect anyway so i'm here yeah you're here we're five minutes deep in a podcast what are we talking about you sent me know. some topics i sent you some topics you sent me some topics yeah I, I don't know i was just thinking recently about youth groups mm-hmm. and the role of small churches and large churches and, you know, things that nobody who's listening to this podcast is probably really interested in, um, <laughs> but I'm interested in them. And one of the things that I say often that's relatively controversial, even in my own church, I believe, is that I think youth groups are a waste of time. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, I don't, I'm not I, super for youth groups either, but waste I, of time. Because, Describe. I mean, statistically, they are not helpful yeah. Um, they lead people, once they leave your church and your youth group, they come to churches like ours. They don't go back to your church. Right. That, that's very true. Or they don't go to church at all. Or at all. Usually, actually, that's even more common. Yeah. And the retention rates of young people um, in church are more are much higher in, in multi-generational churches. Absolutely. Um, especially ones that are multi-generational focused. So they're mm-hmm. not youth-focused churches. They tend to be focused on the whole community um, that there's a lot of integration so you end up with more mothers and more fathers you've got more places to talk um, 
you tend to feel like you belong there more. Mm-hmm. You're not as worried about like going to church to find friends and have fun. It's, it becomes more about being part of something. Right. And Because uh, if you're going to church to have friends, like you're going to go over to youth group. Excuse me, my um, whiskey town bis- or sandwich is really good. It is. I don't want to stop eating it to talk right now. So no, that's okay. I, I feel very monologue so that's fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, just... I don't remember what I was going to well, say. Well, uh, you were going to say if you're going to church oh. to see your friends at the youth group or whatever. Well, you could go to this great church, but you have to go over in a room with like some churches, three people, and other churches, 50, 100 people. Right. And it has nothing to do with the church. It's, it isn't the church. It is a different church. Right. In all intents and purposes, in all... Like, I ran one of these, okay? So I'm, I'm speaking as someone at who... At a relatively large church. At a relatively large church. And functionally, I look back on it, and that was a separate church. And I was a very unqualified pastor, and I had no elders. That's what it was. And we were dealing with people with that were we weren't that much older than, truthfully. Right. And um, who we were pretty ill-equipped to, to serve. The people who would have been really well-equipped to serve them would have been, like, their grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had, so they couldn't, it wasn't about the church. It was about our little church. And if they didn't like that, then they didn't like the whole thing. Right. And if there's one person there they didn't get along with or right. didn't know anybody because they didn't go to their school or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's very dangerous uh, to put a lot of people together who know nothing about life <laughs> and ask them to uh, do church together mm-hmm. um, in a room, you know, eating baby food and shoving marshmallows in their mouth and playing, you know, but I'm not against... I didn't, I didn't do any of that. Those games and stuff. As, as you probably caught from our last podcast, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to do the things that everybody's been doing, so... Now, I went on a lot of high school, you know, you call them camps and conferences and all those kinds of things. And, you know, I remember, I remember the guy who took me and a couple guys hiking and camping and spent time talking to us that had nothing to do, actually, with the youth group. It was just a guy who cared about some young guys and wanted to invest in them. That means a heck of a lot more, I think. I mean, it's the same thing. If I believe in youth sports. But I don't believe in youth sports the way we do youth sports now. Right. Because I guarantee you, it's much more meaningful for you to take your son out and play football with him for one to two hours a week yep. than it is for you to send him to a football team to play, you know, or a soccer team to play two to three hours a week plus Saturdays. Now, yeah. there are being on teams is good, learning to cooperate is good, that experience is good. But when you're talking about none of them are, most of them not going to make college teams. And then if they do make college teams, only, what, 1% of them are going to be professional. It's like, it's not a career path. Yeah, and it usually, I mean, I haven't heard it cast as a career path. I mean, it, some of these folks would be like, yeah, it's potential, but oh, it's, it's more like now. this is going to be like the thing that teaches them to be a full person. Yes. Right? Like, they must be on a team and they must do these things. And I, I, I'm sure there's some of that. I'm sure there's, there's some no, of that. Those things are all good. Yeah. But I think we, I guess for me, like, youth sports is the, I just read an article. No, I'm just, 
you know, going off today. But I, I just read an article talking about how youth referees are quitting, like, all over the country oh, because yeah. the parents have become so horrible. Dude, yeah, no kidding. A, a guy I work with, well, no, I won't. might see him tonight. Maybe. But a guy I work with regularly. Yeah, forget it. Yeah. Um, is a new youth referee. And in just a short period of time has just had tons. I mean, from, from what I can gather... Just a couple conversations. I'm like, this is a big issue. Like these, the parents are horrific. They are. And he's just like, he's like, it's unbelievable. Like they, the kids are fine. It is the parents. And so, then, I mean, are we going to double back? As I'm saying this, I'm like, get these kids away from these parents and put them in youth group. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. But it, it's like, I mean, clearly we're. Um, so here would be my thing. I think we need to disciple families like in families need to because it's never just the kid and their problem like when I was in youth group um, I connected with some people there and that was great and it's fine and when I had kids in youth group like I think there were some real moments like good good times right but I think all that could have happened in the context of a church that was multi-generational but the truth is that most of the trouble and most of the, the confusion was like wasn't just this kid alone. It was this kid in the context of his family or some form of community. Right. And so then, like, what was happening is we're trying to like talk to a kid isolated from their parents. So I, I tried when I was there to make a big push that, like, if we had a small group of kids that that small group leader really worked in concert with their parents and spent a lot of time with their parents and got to know their parents and that they became just like my hope at at the end of my stint there was that we came alongside families and helped them instead of like kind of creating a church for their kids and and i'm if somehow that happened in a in a church really meaningfully i'd be i'd be grateful for it you think I'm talking too long? Yeah, I can tell you. Don't look much. And I go on there like that. And then I'm, I'm down here. Yeah, yeah. You're really quiet. <laughs> but when I laugh, it's loud. Yeah, you get a lot loud. Yeah. <laughs> sort of weird one. It's, it's unnerving to listen to yourself. I listened to our last podcast Did on you? the way over. I kind of uh-huh. hate it. You hate our podcast. I love our podcast. No, I love our podcast. I hate hearing myself. Uh, you know what helps? Just put it on one and a half speed and then it helps much. <laughs> Just throws it off a little bit. I like that. Yeah, my one idea was um, talking to pastors in public. Are you changed subject already? You don't yeah. like my subject? No. Uh, no talking no, to no. pastors in public? It just dawned on me that's what we're doing right we're now. We're doing. We're talking to pastors in public. <laughs> talking to you in public and you're Ooh, talking to Instead of the, like, you know, pastors in cars, whatever we were going to do, ta- talking to pastors in public. Yeah. We talking could just take a mic and go into different coffee shops and plop it down to people we don't know and say, hey, like, we're pastors. <laughs> you want to talk to us? or on a podcast. We could, we could do that. We could do that. Oh, man. Yeah, I, we can come back to that. But here is why. I yeah, like that idea is going away. Yeah. Let's, We're throwing that in the Let's delete that. <laughs> no, I, um, I had an encounter with the pastor where it got the, the talk became very churchy. Mm. And I was extremely uncomfortable. And then I thought, oh my gosh, what's it like to talk to Pat? Like, for people, like, I get the rules. I can talk in all that lingo if I would need to. Um, I can act really spiritual. 
if I if I really need to, I could do that. Yes. And when somebody else is doing it, it's not surprising. So, can, so can you like clarify for me, like what kind of lingo was being tossed around, just so that like I know what was? Yeah. So there was um, a lot of you know the word blessed oh. was coming out a was lot. Brother coming out. A lot? Brother okay. was coming out a lot. Um, you know, references a lot of references to the Lord. Um, oh, the Lord just really laid on my heart today. Gotcha. Um, things of that nature. Mm. Um, and I've been to like pastor's events and they're, I remember go, um, our Jimmy, who we both knew, he and I were once standing at a pastor's event and he looked at me and he said, these people are really uncomfortable and weird. And I was like, I'm feeling the same exact way. Like this is a room full of pastors and it's just like, these people are insane. Like, if I'm just walking in off the street, I'm like, what is this? Like, this is not normal. Anyway, so I don't yeah, yeah, I yeah. just reflected on that, and I was like, and then I thought, uh-oh, is that what it's like to talk to me? And most of the time. I mean, all the lords that you use, and especially uh, when you start prophesying and get uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Even the fact that you're saying that. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, nobody does. I'm thinking our 57 listeners. They're they're that insider group. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, most of them are in Tucson. So. Do you think... So, man. Do you think if you started talking that way at your church, <laughs> I don't think it would go over well? No, probably not. Yeah. They would laugh at me because they know it's not me. They would, they'd be like, yeah. you're, you're kidding around. But, I, I, but we all have, like... But I say things... In, in the village lingo and the village lingo is just as weird so I can yeah. people who are who've come to our church are like so like what are you what are you talking about when when you say like your heart uh huh right yeah. which I don't say but my whole church does I tend to try to talk about people's souls because I just don't like the heart thing but yeah. you know that that's one or um, the one that everybody hates is you just you're gonna need to sit in it Okay. What the okay. heck does that mean? People want so, to know. So, so I, I was, um, yeah, I've been, in, I've been having hard times. <laughs> so, <laughs> at our elders you, meeting last you just night, need I, to sit in it. I was trying to be kind of honest <laughs> about. Well, I was, ba- I was back and forth, and I was, yeah. Um, but, but one of the guys said, "What would it be like to just sit in that for a while?" Oh yeah. Right, and I'm like. You know, I know what you mean. I know because I know because the communities that we're in say that. Yeah. Um, and he was referring to a potential thirty-three-hour train ride I'm wanting to take. Yeah. And he was like, "What if you did nothing and you just sat in it for a while during the train ride?" And I was like, "Thirty-four hours of sit in it? Like, what does that mean?" Like. Well, we, just, we should unpack it. Okay. Well, what does? Well, what, I mean, I don't what, know. When, what you're, you, when what your when your crazy church community <laughs> says sit in it, Eric, yes, because your community actually probably influenced what this guy said. Oh, yeah. truth be told. Yeah, truth be told. I don't know um, who was influenced by uh, so, yeah, other can, people. Can you define for me what on my thirty-four hour train ride exactly I would be doing when I'm sitting it? What it sounds like to me is that somebody pooped on the seat and, and I, I gotta, gotta sit, sit in it. <laughs> and I just gotta sit there in the smell and sit of it. there and well, I well here's what I would say is I would say that you run all of us run away from our feeling internally, right? The experience that you're feeling. Right. Whatever that is. Anger, fear, anxiety. And we want to figure out how to medicate it. 
And so then we don't hear God. So sitting in it is saying, I'm going to willfully choose to not go after my typical ways of medicating this so that maybe I can hear the voice of God. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah. But that's so long. So sit in it just as... (laughs) That's what I... That was my reaction was... Actually, my my hope for that train ride is to... uh, Is to kind of like explore and open like those well, that would be doors of feel I know yeah. <laughs> I know I do know but um, but uh, the suggestion there had to do with like not because I was framing that around like wanting to like specifically like write things out and maybe like compile that it's something I've been thinking about like compiling my thoughts about my dad which is a I thought I had actually a while before he died that I wanted to do, right? which is interesting. So then he was trying to guard me and suggest that I shouldn't just work if I go do this. Yeah, so fair. So sit in it. But then I was like, so I, in, in my mind in that moment, I was like, so I can't like write anything. I'm just going to sit for 34 hours and just like, it's just like, I can't do that. I'm I would suggest do. you do that for at least an hour. Oh, please, I'd love an hour. <laughs> to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's good. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. But no, writing... It was funny. And the funniest thing, though, was that, the phrase... <laughs> to sit in it. To right. sit in it. Yes, um, it's not something that people say. It's a, it's no. a, it's like Mission Village, Crabian, yeah, know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, Crabian, referring to a... To a doctor. A doctor, yeah, yes. that, yeah. Um... Yeah, I just, I just thought, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, it must be, it must be weird. I wonder how weird it is to interact with this. And I wonder how much of this seeps into our conversations with people outside of our community. And we don't know, we don't realize it. Yeah, I think, I think it does. I, it has to. It has to. I mean, cause this, this person I interacted with a while back, like they didn't, they didn't mean to, I don't think they meant to slip into just like. Christian talk. Right. I think it just, they knew I was a Christian and they just were like, oh, oh, the Lord really laid this on my heart the other day. You know, just, it, it was like a lot of strange words. Um, yes. We have a lot of lingo for it. Yeah. Well, the Christian culture in modern day is well developed. Uh-huh. And, you know, from its, the way we talk within our books and our music and our yeah. preaching like it's all sort of built in it's a when you once you enter in and you figure it out you just sort of slip into the whole process yeah and I, you know and I know it's when you hang out with medical folks or military folks there's yeah. the same thing happens yeah. right I know it's not but they don't have the mission to go and, and really to convert people to bring people into the kingdom of God yeah like, their goal isn't to go relate to those outside yeah yeah, in a way that they can understand the gospel. So right. they don't have to think about like, oh, how do we make our medical lingo more, you know, street? Unless they're actually trying to do some kind of, you know, medical outreach and, and, and you know, give people education on what they're yeah. to do. So, and then when we try to make it more street as Christians, I think we've often done a terrible job. Have you ever read the word on the street? The paraphrase, the Bible paraphrase. Oh my gosh, no! It's horrible. Is it bad? Oh my gosh. You know, because the trouble is the street lingo varies wherever you are, and it's always changing. And then when you try to take an ancient text and... Make it modern. Make it mo- It's just... So it would be like, 
you know, I don't know. I would Jesus, like Jesus came up to the homeboys and was like, yo, cats, where are we going to be at? And he and they were like, dag, yo. It was, it's just, it was just laughable yeah, to me. That's, I mean, that's probably not the best. No, it's not on the shelves anymore. It didn't no, work out. No. The publisher dropped it. Oh, my God. Um, actually, let's so segueing back to your your topics, which were really good, and youth group, because that's one of those. There's so many of these things that we've we do because they're done. I mean, this even harkens back to our egg hunt conversation. Yes. So right now, you start a church, and people will walk in the door and say, "Where's the youth group?" Yes. Right. Especially if they're followers of Jesus. If they're followers, or have that culture, or yeah. Or, I mean, I would say a lot of not followers of Jesus who want a church experience, mm-hmm. especially would be like, I want my kid in a youth group. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was in a youth group. I think kids should be in youth groups. Yeah. Whatever. So, can we break down really quick, just where where's this coming from? Is this, um, when Jesus rose from the dead, did he send the spirit who then ordained the youth group? Or how did this happen? How, how did we get here? Well, I think we got here through the modern day Sunday school movement. Yes, which was a good thing, and then because it was an educational thing, it was teaching people to read. It was an outreach. There was a need in the community. Right. There were a lot of kids who, who didn't have tools for life. Yeah. And 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 it was in some ways both a way of teaching people about God and educating them so yeah. they can read and write and things like that. I would parallel it to. Um, Bible translation that happens in tribal communities yes. where you're doing two things. You're you're teaching you're you're helping that community build texts for themselves and and write their language so that they can share it. You're teaching them to write and read. And then you're using the Bible, which is something that you believe would be life-changing for them to know right. as their as one of their textbooks, right? Like that, that sort of idea. Like it had an educational and evangelistic element at that right. time. Yeah, I think some. I mean, I think we we moved into a goods and services version of church in the mid seventies and the mm-hmm. early eighties. And so, even like I, so my parents took us. We'll just be really honest. To yeah. E3 uh-huh. in 1986, which is now the journey. Yeah. And the reason we went there was that Steve Tracy, yep. um, who's now a relatively famous person, yeah. um, was the youth leader there. Yeah. And so they had what was known in the community and just on the best youth group. Yeah. So we went there. But my parents didn't actually like the church that much, and they <laughs> didn't really like the main pastor uh-huh. as a expositor because that yeah. was very another very important thing at the time. At the time, um, but because of the youth group, they did it for us. So we stayed there for four years because of the youth group. I've seen that over and over. The family goes for the youth group. Then when the youth group days are over, they didn't actually like the church or connect to it that much, so they take off. They took off. Yeah. So a year later, my sophomore year of college, I go back to the journey, and I start a college ministry with four people. Yeah. And that grows into about 15, 20 people. And then all of a sudden, over like a six-month period, it triples in size. And people come on Sunday mornings and then our, our college, you know, whatever, midweek thing, yeah. whatever that was. And they started saying, oh, 
I'm like, why? How did you hear about us? Because we're not doing any advertising. We're just praying, studying the Bible. That's pretty straightforward. Oh, we've heard this is the best youth group, I mean, college ministry in town. And so they start coming because of that reason. I once heard that about the middle school group was like, we heard this is the best middle school group. And that family did not stick around. (laughs) You didn't meet the... Yeah, and we didn't... In fact, our... To be the best, you know, college ministry in town, you know, our, one of our leaders ended up sleeping with somebody and the whole yeah. ministry fell apart within a year and a half, partly because, you know, you had 19, 20-year-olds running the entire show, which is not a which great is, idea, but no real oversight. It was right. just like, oh, this is successful and you're bringing people, great, good job. Right. You know, we had no mentoring, really, no nothing. So, um, yeah, that, so, like, uh, there's a shopping. Yeah. That happens, and it's a shopping based on services and like what you're going to get for your kid, and you know. And as if the best thing for your kid is that you go out and give them the best experiences ever. Right. Which I mean, think about that. Is that life? Is that like if your goal is to prepare this kid for life? Is are they just going to always get to go where they have the best experiences ever? Right. I mean, are they going to have? like get married and always have the best spouse ever at all times and if they don't they should leave that person and go find somebody else are they always gonna have the best job ever and when it's not the best they should leave it and go somewhere else um the best community ever and every time it's broken just leave it and go move somewhere else i mean there you see a lot of that is that the good side of our culture is that what we want to promote or are we just kind of a part of the machine when we do that right yeah, no, I think, and for me, like, growing up, I grew up in small church until we hit yeah. E3, and those were my favorite memories as a kid, no, and some yeah. of them are me being absolutely bored to death yeah. in church with, you know, 25 other people listening to the guy preach, and you're like, oh my gosh, but you're like 10, Yeah, and I mean, you don't understand half the things being said, and you don't, your attention span doesn't work that well, and you go off to Sunday school, and there are four of you, but somehow that, like, changed me. Yeah. Like, that's what really impacted me and made me love church as much as, like, as where I found Jesus. Yeah, I have I have a varied, like, small church and big church experience from when I was a kid. I have a feeling Brian's about to tell us something about his church experience. Can't really hear what he's saying, though. All I can hear is the train. Yeah, that's all I hear. It doesn't matter. All okay, right. well... Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Um, so, yeah, I kind of varied... Large church, small church. Interestingly, from the big church that had the big kick-in youth group, I remember two things. I remember a sermon by the pastor when I skipped youth group and went with my parents. Right. And it was actually really good. Um, And I remember a piece of it. And I remember this, when I went into youth group, I had to be a middle schooler. This was like some high school girl who came over and just like was like hey are you okay like what's your name and she was really nice and I just remember thinking she's so awesome okay, that's all I remember that wow yeah, yeah that's those, it those are good memories yeah but okay there. that's all I got um, <clears throat> which which um, is that kind of stuff like I think there is a role for like younger college high school students in the in the lives of younger kids because I had a I remember oh, yeah. I went to a camp in this high like Probably like, he's probably like a freshman or sophomore in college guy. Just kind of took me under his wing and was like, hey, you want to come play volleyball with us? And I was a kid and I was just like, he's so awesome, you know? And I love that and it meant a lot to me. Um, so I, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that guy should have been my pastor. Yeah. Well, one of the, so there's a, there's, 
number of young men and women in our churches, but in my church, there's this one particular young woman who intentionally will, during Sunday, you know, we yeah. eat afterwards, she will plop down next to the 10 to 12 year olds, yeah. one of them, and just sit and talk to them for like a half hour. Beautiful. Well, you know, after like a couple of months, the reports from the parents are, these kids are like, I sat with this, you know, and I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to say her name, but she probably if she listens, she knows who she is. Um, you know who you are, and you know they're just blown away. By yeah, it. and they just love like, oh my gosh, this, you know, and she's yeah. you know cute girl, and she's you know bubbly, and, right. and it's just something that really that she has a heart for God, and they they just eat it up. They love it. They yeah. love sitting and talking to her, and and that's not a program. No, that's not. that's her being encouraged in that, and and yeah. intentionally going and doing yeah. it, and that's powerful. Absolutely. That's life transformative. Those kids are going to stand up someday and say, well, there was this, you know, 20-something kid who just sat next to me and, and talked yeah. to me about life and God, and that changed my life. Yeah. You know, and it's that's what gets me excited. That's, yeah. you know, there is a dark side. I mean, I love small churches. 75% of the churches in the U.S. are under 100, and 90% are under 100 in the world. So small church is where things happen, but right. there is a dark side to the small church. You know, oh sure, they're made up of families. Yeah, like, and so one family has a fight. Well, then your whole family is having like whole church is having a fight. Right? Yeah, the you church know? is deeply <laughs> impacted by what's happening with two, right. two to five people. Or right, something. or yeah. you know, or somebody one family offends another family, or but, one family has too much power. Yes, in the church. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, these like, things happen, and so I mean, it's not that small churches are all healthy. In fact, they're not. But no churches all healthy. right. You yeah. just kind of some of the some of it you'll feel differently in a small church than you will in a big church because if a big family leaves your three thousand person church, nobody cares if twenty people left your church. Right. But if yeah. you get a church of a hundred and twenty people leave, you're devastated. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You know, on so many levels, from income to you know, just the relationship, feet, how it feels a church with them all gone. Yes. Void. People feel like. They feel uncomfortable when they run into each other. It, yeah. You know, that sweet tomatoes. That sweet tomatoes. <laughs> uh, you just picked arbitrarily. Arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> talking. That's that's a really uncomfortable moment with talking to the pastor when you've left his church and you run into him. Oh, sweet tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> There's the uncomfortable. Oh man. It is, uh, I've yeah. had a few of those moments. Not as sweet tomatoes, thankfully. Yeah. No. I, I've had them and. I've been with other pastors as they had them and just been like a third party watching that and like, oh, it's so, so rough. It really is. It stinks. Yeah, for everybody. It does. It is hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, like you were saying, the youth groups came from Sunday school and then, and then there were these big, like, especially like inner city programs like YMCA and Youth for Christ and Young Life. That, yeah that came up that were especially reaching like areas where you know impoverished areas or areas where the parents had to work like a, a lot and the kids didn't have anywhere to go and so these were like outreach ministries that I, I still think like they were really trying to address a real issue that was there and do a good job with it and then I feel like the model for those things like um they have changed. I wouldn't say they haven't changed, but kind of what they tried to do is then just grow and grow and say, let's take this model and apply it everywhere. Yeah. So let's like, you know, we, we got to bring in kids in, in every community in the same way. And so it seems like the better, the better questions would be like in our community, um, just like in general, like who's here and 
what do how should we engage with them right, right? right. instead of just like taking the model that worked in Chicago in the 70s right. and applying it to you know Tucson suburbs now right. right right instead of having to stand I mean I think like so if you plant a church down say let's just say somewhere where you end up with a large collection of single moms right. who have multiple kids and, and they're coming to your church then yeah. a youth group with a lot of young men you know and women who are, are going to offer mentorship in that is a good idea right like because you're you're meeting a need that's you're missing you're coming alongside these moms right yeah whereas you know I mean maybe you're in a different place where the kids are you're competing with youth soccer to right. see to get people to the youth group maybe maybe you need a different approach maybe we don't need a youth group at this church maybe yeah. we need a different kind of approach maybe we need more family oriented that's like the, the church I came from where I did youth group they had their own like Christian schools in which they held worship services in the middle of the week which to me is still an odd thing right. um, and uh, and then and so there was like a, a, the vast majority of the kids all went to this Christian school together all did you know and they had events and they had right, they were mission, mission trips yeah. as a school and then you then they had as attached to their school like complex sports programs in which you know most days after school they would all get together and the the parents were deeply involved in attempting to like make that this rich community experience and then we were supposed to then at church also have this amazing um, built out youth group and a lot of these kids were I mean I remember one kid was just like I hate the school is church and I hate that everything is it's like constant like can I just do something that's not like somehow attempting to be church yeah and I remember like hearing that and just being like gosh I want that for you like, yeah, I want you to just be able to go like do something with your friends, you know. Well, and I think one of the things that my kids have experienced out in the world because they—I mean, we purposely didn't put them in the Christian schools and things like that—and we can you explain the term "out in the world" to a? Well, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I mean you can in the sense that it, it, when you're in a place that's not what you're talking about, yeah, that's not an insular culture, yeah, has different belief systems. You know, there's a plurality of belief systems. Yes, good. Uh, there you go. When you step out with going to a public school, yeah. What? So our church, for instance, once a month has a game night. Yeah. There's no gospel priest. Yeah. We all just get together and play games, and we encourage people to invite their friends. My son invites a lot of his friends. Yeah. He managed to get two of his friends to come, and they love to come. But yeah. their first thing was a lot of his friends say no because it's at a church, and they think that there's some kind of there's a bait and switch, bait going, and on switch going on. Which I understand why they feel that way because yep. that happens a lot. That happens a lot. And that, I hate that. And so even his two friends were like, oh, we'll try it this one time. But it's at a church. They're suspicious mm-hmm. of the bait and switch. And when they get there and they come to our church and it's like a big house and they're like, okay, they're sort of a relax and they just play and they go home and they meet some nice people. And it's a good way to connect with people. Um, but that's more and more my experience is that people think that the church is a bait and switch. Like, why would they offer anything good without kind of get you to be part of what they're doing? Yeah. Um, and so we've become so much that that we're not we're not just part of the story anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we're we're completely full on conversion and not about people just actually enjoying something rich. And yeah, 
we're all gospel people, so the gospel will come out. Yeah. But it just takes a lot more time because I certainly don't stand up at the end of game night and say, now is your time to make a decision. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, which at some point in, in those youth group days when I was running a little church, um, I remember feeling like the the assumption was every one of these events was going to be some kind of bait and switch. And I was just like, this, this is not right. You know, I hated... I hated when I got invited to a punk rock show when I was a kid, and I went, and it turned out that, like that the the leader of the punk rock band was going to give a sermon, actually. And now looking back on it, I'm not sure he wanted to give one. I think the church was like, you know, you can come, and we'll pay you, but this is what you have to do. Right. Because <laughs> some of them weren't that into it. Um, some were, some were. Um, but I remember just being like, oh, I thought I was going to, like, a good punk rock show, but they did, like, three songs, and now I'm at church. And, right. like, this feels weird. Right, just punk rock worship, and then you have a sermon, and a yeah. more punk rock worship. <laughs> right, right. And I just wanted to mosh. Right. And, uh, and so, like... Christian moshing, that's a... Christian moshing, which, yeah, it was you had to be a little less violent. Um, mm. Well, a little less overtly violent. I would, thr- to, I would throw all of us I've been there. to Rocket Town. Uh-huh. In Nashville, yeah, to a thrash metal, and I don't. You probably know this better than I do. Not, the, the, there's a particular band that all covers their face with bandanas. Okay, I don't know this band. It's actually a relatively popular band. Uh-huh. So they get up there. We were just in Nashville and like Rocket Town. I mean, come on, Michael W. Smith sings about it. this. Is his yeah. club? So we get in there. Like, it's way down the basement. It's like the ceilings are super low. Uh-huh. Like so, I can reach up and touch the ceiling. Yeah, there's all these youth dressed in black and the band comes out and all of a sudden it's literally the whole audience pulls up these red bandanas <laughs> and one of the most violent like moshing <coughs> things starts happening and, and I, I think my kids my, my son who's like six years old we're down there like at the like, ball pressed up against the wall we're like what? we gotta get out of here this is crazy <laughs> see I would take my kid when we were when I had the youth group like if kids wanted to go to concerts I would I would offer to take them no matter what concert it was because I thought like if I'm going to be their friend and like a mentor as a as a believer and they really want to go to KFMA day which you know was a horrible day no it's a good well, day but I was like I'd rather go with them <laughs> well it's not you a know, great like, day for a middle schooler probably to go yeah, to but yeah I actually took middle schoolers to KFMA day and because so I talked to their a, you're kind of the rebel well rebel I talked here's what picture. I did though I talked to their parents and their parents were like well they really like these bands and I'd like them to go but I'm nervous about them going by themselves and they don't want me to go because the, right right because like, they're not because you know. like and I would love they would like I would love if you'd go with them and help them like think about that and navigate that and just be with them actually some of those were were great I remember taking some guys just down it was like downtown Phoenix some like heavy metal band at a club it was an all-ages show and I took them and like we had I thought an incredible like conversation and just great time in the car and like um so navigating life together you know and like the youth group wasn't the key to that that could have easily happened just in a church context like like some older younger kid is like I really want to go see this band and the parents are like well you know like I don't want to I want them to be able to like go see a band you know I don't and then you know 25 year old Joe is like yeah I'm kind of into that stuff I'd love to take them that's awesome that's beautiful yeah that should happen that's the way it should be yeah and that and that comes out of 
relationships and contacts, you don't just create that program. Yeah. Right? No, no that's that's true. Yeah. You're right on, my friend. Oh, okay. cool. I, I like listening to you. Which, speaking of small churches, we'll make a transition. Uh-huh. This was your second Sunday in the big house. The big house. And I just thought a funny thing happened to me last week. Uh-huh. I got in the mail from a realtor, a church for sale, <laughs> for half a million dollars. It just happens to be the church that we started in. What? Beth Char Shalom on yeah. Rosemont and 4th. Or Rosemont. This is third now yeah I think it was yeah. third yeah I've seen that one now, we started there wow. that's where I worked before new, I worked at a church called New Covenant yeah. and shared that church with Beshar wow and uh, I thought wow like if we saw all remodeled and everything ready wow. to go <laughs> if we'd seen that mailer we probably would have checked it except we couldn't have afforded half a million half a million dollars yeah no. so anyway how was your how was the service yeah it's I mean we're, we're figuring things out. This is our first one with a meal. We got all these um, amazing, like a church in Phoenix that um, has just really been generous to us, gave us tons of chairs and tables, like oh, more awesome. than we could have ever afforded. Um, and so we're like swimming in chairs and tables now all of a sudden. And like, how do we, what do we do? How do we do this? So like setting up our meal was confusing. Where it's like, oh shoot, what do we do? And, um, but we figured it out. There's, there's just a lot of like, I feel like it's, um, one thing I really like is the building feels a lot like the place we fixed up before where we were renting. Yeah. So it doesn't feel drastic, but it does feel different and good. And like, we kind of have a little more room, but, um, I'm, you know, there's a lot to talk about. Like I, I brought up at our elders meeting, I think we need to like replant our church in a way because we we moved and we've got some different things and the people are different than they were a year ago not not drastically but a lot of people like came and checked us out and you know quit coming some people moved away some new people have come and I think we need to think about how because we kind of just moved everything over to this building sort of the way it was right and I think we gotta work through like how are we gonna do this what's it gonna feel like um, in this place so there's there's a lot to do with that, um, but but it's going well, and it's I think people are really proud of it and excited, and um, and there's still a lot to do. Yeah, I mean, it's we moved, but there's still a oh lot, yeah, no, a lot it's to gonna do. take a year. It's like moving yeah. into your house, like oh, you know, there's always that room where you shove everything in. You're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, hey, we'll deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't deal with it for seven years. And we still, I think we still have some bits of that at our church. It's been five years in our home, my wife and I's home. And that room, we've had it cleaned out, and then more stuff goes back in it. Because right. we're still, it's like the, the guest room that we're right. always like, uh, throw it in there. Yeah. And we have a portion of the, the new building is that way right now. Eric, because you guys are still having to build out for kids and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, we have one space. kids room, but it's even just not, like, ready, right. I would say. And then we've got another one um, we plan to use, but it's not. There's two rooms that we just didn't even try to finish. They're just full of stuff and just not finished. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, it's. But all that said, it's been good. It's so, fun. did you preach this week or is uh, Nick? Have you preached in this building yet? No. Oh. Yeah. So you haven't gotten to preach in the building. No. Oh. That'll be exciting. Your first 
first Sunday in the world. Yeah. Nick crushed it, though. Probably one of my favorite sermons he's ever done. So, it was fun. Good. And it was, yeah, just a nice week. Actually, uh, yeah, our, our good friends who led worship most of the time at before the merger led worship, and it's been a while since they've done that. And that was kind of kind of cool for, at least for my wife and I, we really enjoyed that. And it was fun. So, yeah, it was Good. Do you think that's going to be more like? Are you guys going to have more varied worship, or is that? I think we we all want it. The, some of our other leaders that haven't led as much lately have had like like these folks have. They, they have a baby, couple though. little ba- little kids. Yeah. One one real small. who's getting a little older now, and, and the other the other couple who's involved um, just had a baby, and so it's like time. Sometimes it's just a little crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it. But yeah. That's. I think we all want, want varied. Yeah, no, I think that I think that lends itself to the more complex yeah. communities. That when yeah, have more voices up front speaking, when you have more voices and styles of ways of leading people into the throne room of God through right. music is oh, it's, it's tasty that way. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But yeah, I'm curious to see how we can how we can lay this place out. Um, the one thing I was feeling is like it doesn't feel comfortable yet like we put in chairs actually the chairs are way more technically comfortable, comfortable than the ones we used to have but it it feels a little just like room with chairs to me like i want yeah. i want it to feel more like a home in a way I'm trying to think through how to do that so, but we'll figure it out yeah it's good cool are you gonna buy that uh, that building you started in and just move your whole church and- well you know it's, it's funny <laughs> i i was one churches take forever to sell oh. in Tucson, so they are yeah, because there's not just a bajillion churches looking for buildings here, right? And uh, you know the, the churches like us don't who are growing but are still small, don't have half a million dollars no. to spend, and no banks. I mean, the bank Can't will loan it to you, but it's it's a nightmare to yeah. get, get a loan from a bank as a church. Um, but I really do have this. I don't believe you're gonna. I'll, I'll put this out. I don't believe in church planning anymore. Really, I think the church planning has become a god, for hmm. the, and and the way we're going to save things. It's I believe in, yeah. I believe in, an old, maybe a little bit more older model of like parish style, yeah. And that plant, like that, you know, in the Catholic Church, a monk would go out and he would plant, he put the parish together or right. a, a monastery, and then they would do one, yeah, a donkey's right away, a day away, like not like a long, and so you have them. But they kind were of, they were aimed at. Yes, and clustered yeah. closer together yeah. instead of like we're going to send you way out there. No, we're all actually together, and we're sort of building this sort of wall yeah. of. So I kind of believe in a more that kind of church planting. I guess I, I'm with you actually um, on that. Yeah, it's just the the big idea of like we're going to send a team to this right. to this. Usually, like usually, the it's like we're going to send a team to this really unchurched area, but usually it's like really cool area. Is yeah, also what you're trying to say. Yeah, and instead of just sort of like, okay, yeah. this community is, if you imagine, like I always imagine like cell towers, or you know, little like spot hot spots. So you've, if one church is a hot spot, it covers a certain amount of, amount of space, mm-hmm. and then you have to plant another one right on the edge of that so that it can repeat yeah. it and yeah. then you continue instead of trying to plant one way over here. Yeah. Um, which, which I'm sure doesn't, and I've heard this, like, I, I remember there's a church on the northwest side that tried to plant one way out in Vail, which is on the other side of our city, and it didn't work, um, and, you know, and, and you think about it, it's like, yeah, none of those people are in contact with each other so far away, right. and, like, the sending church doesn't get Vail, 
Like the right. northwest side of town is like, yeah, it's suburban and growing, but Vail, you still got people with like horses and so it's different. Yeah. Um, and their thought was just, it's growing out there. Yeah. Send somebody out there. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe they weren't the best to go out there. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a good, I'm with you. I'd like to explore that more. Yeah. So anyway, I see that that's probably right on the edge. It's still within kind of the circles of where we have people in our community and yeah. it's right. It, it would help expand us that way. So I, you know, I'm like, Oh God, you can do it. That would be a fun place. It's already set up. You know, we could paint for throw some couches mine. in there and you could, that's yeah. my neighborhood. Yeah. It's your neighborhood. Yeah. You can have your own neighborhood church. We actually have like sort of taken over our street. And yeah. No on accident. Just cause people have just moved. Next moved to it actually sort of makes a lot of sense. But not because we just moved. You just in. moved. In. <laughs> because I'm trying to think. So you guys are on uh, Craycroft and... Basically third. Third. So it's like just, yeah, straight yeah. that way. Yeah. Interesting. And it just popped up, too. So, anyway. Weird. Crazy. When we know what we can do is what it will be is the first union church we could- between... Mission Church in the Village, and we'll... And we do a combo... A combo church, and that one. Eric, that's not a bad idea. That is actually a brilliant <laughs> idea. <laughs> let's do it. Let's, let's just do that. Um, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I mean, you're in charge of everything. I'm in charge of everything. Yeah. Yeah, right. Nobody's going to go... For, no, I actually think people would be thinking that was interesting down the road. I mean, I think that might be... Right. Something so, like that could, could make some sense. It could make some sense. Huh. Who knows? Because we both bring uh, similar but different skill yeah. sets as communities. Well, and the truth is the other church shouldn't be the village or mission. It should yeah. be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. But hmm. we'd have to combine the names. Millage. Millage. <laughs> the millage. Where do you go? I go to the village. What's that? <laughs> they, are they milling stuff? <laughs> yeah. Milling. Always milling. Yeah, that's all I got, Eric. Yeah, that's I'm like... Well, goodbye. Goodbye.